0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to the Steelers Fix. I'm your host, Jeremy Betts, doing a little different show for you this week. We've had to do this a couple times just with schedules and we're doing it again. I will be here the first half of the show, just me, you get to hear me. Uh, rant and ramble on about some things here and uh, hopefully that is not a turnoff to you uh, right away so stick with us it's still going to be a fun show Andrew Wilbar will be joining uh, well well, he'll be taking over actually for the second half of the show Um, and today we're going to talk about some surprises and disappointments for the Pittsburgh Steelers through the season's first seven weeks Um, the biggest surprises and the biggest disappointments in what has been a disappointing season for obvious reasons the Steelers sit at two and five after another disappointing loss a loss to the uh, Miami Dolphins on Sunday night football that really you felt like the Steelers had a shot and their own mistakes uh, got in their way again some rookie mistakes some uh, just mental errors leading uh, to those rookie mistakes in some cases as well and um, when you've got such a delicate thing as the Steelers do offensively, the littlest uh, hiccup will often cause a uh, crumbling effect, uh, and that is what we saw in action on Sunday night uh, against the Dolphins. By the time you hear this episode, there uh, may have been some uh, announcements regarding the um, Steelers injury status from Mike Tomlin uh, and things like that. But we're going to talk some news uh, before we jump into the surprises. I'll be handling the surprises, the biggest surprises for the Pittsburgh Steelers through the first seven weeks. And then Andrew Wilbar in the second half of the show, he'll talk disappointments. He gets the negative this time, and uh, but still, both halves of the show will be worth a listen. But uh, like I said, first, let's jump into the news um well actually even before we do that let me uh take care of some business here with uh this podcast as always brought to you by behindthesteelcurtain.com your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers we've been battling through a tough year um at beat or for the Steelers we've been battling through that at BTSC and we are uh here for you uh Steeler Nation to uh provide comfort if needed to um you know look for the the bright side of things but also to tell it like it is and you'll you'll find all of that at behindthesteelcurtain.com don't forget to check out the website as well as the many many podcasts that take or that you you can listen to from behindthesteelcurtain.com three brand new shows every day of the week nobody's putting out content like us for your pittsburgh steelers check it out website and audio And on YouTube as well for some of the live shows uh, that take place in the evenings. You're not going to want to miss a thing from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Now let's get into the news. Injuries across the league. That's the news from this last week honestly with the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles on bye week uh, you know the re- really the only good football we we got to see was uh the Kansas City Chiefs maybe the Dallas Cowboys I think you, you can say that they're a good team um, you know but it was kind of a, a rough week for good football teams and there's just not a whole lot this year that are really next level good really able to make their mark on this league just kind of plodding along a lot of these teams are which is why even though the Steelers are 2-5, and five, they have a shot at rebounding if they can get healthy after the bye and and string off some wins. They've got a shot to make this season worth more than just where they place uh, in the draft, um, uh, draft placing by the end of the year. So uh, just stick with your Steelers here. But injuries across the league. The Jets, man, what a blow the Jets took this week, losing – their best player so far this year especially on the offensive side in rookie running back Brees Hall to a season ending uh ACL tear and meniscus uh tear as well uh just feel for the guy uh, he's been playing lights out football really carrying that team to an impressive record in the first half of the season here um, has looked like a stud in every sense of the word, and uh, on top of that, the Jets lose their starting uh, one of their starting guards as well, and Elijah Vera Tucker for the season, uh, a huge loss for them as well. Uh, because of these losses, you saw a trade go down on Monday uh, with the uh, um, with the uh, Jaguars sending over uh, James Robinson for a conditional sixth round pick uh, running back james robinson kind of found himself the odd man out with the emergence of travis Etienne, and so you see that uh, move in uh, or that move that makes sense for both squads uh the jaguars get some some draft capital and uh the jets get a player who was underused and undervalued in jacksonville but has the ability to be a good running back um in, for the uh for the Jets here moving forward. And for fantasy purposes, I, we talk a little fantasy football on this show as well. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a definitely a chance for him to have a fresh start and, uh, Michael Carter will be his, uh, competition for touches there, but Michael Carter really, uh, best suited for a receiving back role. James Robinson best suited for the ground and pound first and second down type role. So that might be a workable set, uh, a workable unit there for fantasy purposes. So keep an eye on that moving forward. The Los Angeles chargers had a, a rough week as well. Not only did they lose to the Seattle Seahawks, but they lost starting cornerback, JC Jackson, who had been struggling, but still their, uh, high priority for agent signing on defenses off season. Well, one of a couple, um, he will miss the remainder of the season as well. I believe he had a torn, uh, a torn patellar tendon, which is, man, that's got to be painful. So, uh, definitely feel for JC Jackson. Hopefully, a quick recovery for him as quick as possible. They also lose Mike Williams for several weeks uh, with uh, a, a knee injury of his own uh, so, or, or a high ankle sprain, uh, maybe uh, is what his injury was. I don't have it right in front of me. Sorry about that. But he uh, is struggling as well. And then the Browns, some AFC North. Um, issues here the browns lose a starter at linebacker jacob phillips for the season to an injury so man these guys are dropping like flies the steelers can count themselves fortunate that they did not have similar luck this week with only uh i believe levi wallace landing on the injury report from mike tomlin as you left the the uh game against the dolphins so that kind of does it. Just kind of wanted to focus on some of those injuries across the league. The NFL landscape is wide open outside of the top few teams in the league. Um, the AFC specifically, a lot of mediocre clubs uh, just trying to crawl their way to uh, contention down uh, the road. And so, you know, it's a still a young season. There's a lot to look forward to. And uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a game. On Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles, arguably the best team in the league. It's going to be a tough uh, way to finish out the first half of the season before the bye week, but the Steelers do have some good news coming, some reinforcements coming maybe for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, You've got a guy like Demonte KZ uh, returned to practice couple weeks ago and he's nearing the end of his uh 21 day window to be re uh, added to the active roster for the Steelers expect that move if it if by the time you hear this it hasn't happened already very likely could uh on Tuesday morning um but if you if that hasn't taken place yet, expect it very quickly uh, for KZ Demonte KZ, uh, the Steelers' third safety on the roster going into the season before his injury and suspension to start the year. Uh, expect him to practice, or uh, excuse me, expect him to make the move to the active roster and be a contributor very quickly on this defense uh another guy in the secondary akella witherspoon was close to a return this last week didn't quite make it uh, but i would expect him to log some full participations this week and be um a guy who should be able to contribute against the eagles it'd be nice to get him back um the steelers secondary needs as many bodies as possible um And uh, getting their starters back could could help as they try to round into some health uh, heading to the the second half of the year after the bye week. Maybe make a push um, in those last uh, several weeks of the season because the big one, TJ Watt, likely to return after the team's bye week. And uh, the Steelers haven't activated his practice window yet. Uh, They might do so um, in the lead-up to the Eagles game. They might do so uh, immediately after in the lead-up to the bye. Uh, We'll have to keep an eye on that. They might wait until after the bye and just uh, activate him right away. Um, You never know how the Steelers are going to handle things. They kind of keep a lot of their stuff under wraps, so we will see how it goes. But T.J. Watt coming back could be just what the doctor ordered for a team that can't rely on its offense to score points, but really needs splash from his defense to set up the offense for success. All righty. That's going to lead us into our topic for today. Guys, I apologize. It's normally not this wordy on the Steelers fix. We try to keep it light and and we try to keep it, uh, conversational, but just me today, I really wanted to hit some of the, this news, kind of give, uh, our, our fans and, uh, you know, our listeners a look at what the league is looking like, um, uh, around us a lot of injuries and and the st- state of the Steelers it's not over yet for these Steelers I I believe that they have a shot going down the stretch and you're seeing some of the these teams in the AFC North separate the Bengals and the, and the Ravens looking like the clear-cut uh, best teams in the AFC North the Bengals really rounding into form uh, if you got a chance to see the Bengals take on the Falcons it wasn't even close for much of this game and if the the um, Bengals can play Offensive football like that the remainder of the year, they're going to be tough to beat for any team and can hang with some of the best of the best in the AFC and the NFC. So that will be something to keep an eye on as well. The Steelers, though, they have two games against the Ravens left and one game each against the Bengals and the Browns. So the division uh, is, is... Far from decided at this point, the Steelers can really uh, play uh, spoiler or add wins to their record in a division that they know well. That Mike Tomlin knows how these teams play. So you know it's it's not over yet. Don't give up hope, Steeler Nation. I'm not. You might think I'm crazy. <laughs> you might uh, call me out on social media and say, "Man, let's just play for uh, you know play for the off here and not get ahead of ourselves." Well. If I know Mike Tylen and the Pittsburgh Steelers and and Art Rooney and um, you know the the front office there, they're about winning. They're not about laying down just to get better draft positioning. They're going to try to win football games. And this team, even with a uh, two and six or three and five record, if they somehow squeak out a win against the Eagles um, on Sunday you know, even with that, they've got a shot in the second half as the schedule lightens up and they get back some reinforcements to make a push. We'll see if they can do it. Not a lot of confidence, but they definitely have a chance. So let's just keep watching, keep supporting this team uh, through a tough year. And uh, don't forget how good we've had it as a fan base. Uh, Never forget that. And good times are ahead. I can feel it. All right. Biggest surprises so far. We're gonna go through these um, these surprises, and you know, based on offseason chatter, based on uh, expectations relative to the results that we're seeing now. Uh, that's kind of how I went by our biggest surprises here, uh, or my biggest surprises. And uh, so I'm gonna start with number three, and that is uh, the Miles Jack Devin Bush combo at inside linebacker. Going into the to the season. Andrew Wilbar and I had some concerns, some questions about this duo. How would they play together? Uh, You know, their strengths kind of were similar, and, um, you know, to kind of run uh, sideline to sideline type linebackers, coverage linebackers, uh, and then, you know, on the smaller side, both of them. So, how does that work? Um, You know, one of these guys is going to have to come up and play the run right uh you've got you're gonna have to have one of these guys kind of be the thumper well miles jack man a fantastic signing by the pittsburgh steelers they need to keep this guy in town for as long as they can he is elevating the play of his teammates and he has elevated his play um i believe still top five in the league in tackles uh making plays all over the field, and Devin Bush seems to be feeding off of that. He's able to not have to be the guy at the linebacker position for the Steelers, and that is working in his favor, and you're seeing a lot more – uh, Snapping his step a lot more, popping his hits these last few weeks. And I really think that is contributive to the fact that he is not having to be the be all end all in the middle of the defense anymore with Miles Jack there. They're working very well in tandem. Still to understand why Mike Tomlin doesn't have one of these guys in on obvious passing downs in the nickel and the dime packages. Uh, and Robert Spillane is out there. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, you know, it seems to be an area where the Steelers could shore up a weakness and be even stingier stingier on defense. But, you know, that is something that we haven't seen yet. So uh, maybe there's more to it than what we're seeing, but I really like what I'm seeing out of Miles Jack and Devin Bush. They have been a big surprise uh, to me uh, as we have made it through the first seven weeks of the season. Number two working our way up. Number three was miles, Jack and Devin Bush. Number two, defensive depth in the secondary. Now, uh, Andrew Wilbar will be the first one to talk about the Steelers having a, a severe lack of uh, real top end talent in their secondary, uh, especially at cornerback, uh, not at safety they, they've got probably one of the one or two best safety tandems in the entire league in Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds, who is perennially underrated. Uh, in fact, it is now uh, the popular thing to talk about, how underrated he is, so I won't go there at this time. But at cornerback, man, you can't say this team isn't deep at cornerback. You can say they don't necessarily have uh, the star power at the top. Yes, for sure. But to say they're not deep at cornerback uh, would just be wrong. James Pierre playing good football in relief of uh, Akella Witherspoon. Um You know, Trey Norwood kind of bouncing back and forth between some safety looks and some uh, slot cornerback duties. He is playing well. Uh, Also, Arthur Millette is kind of the guy who gets picked on the most, but still he's had a few plays here and there, especially around the line of scrimmage that are pretty good. And then um, uh, Josh Jackson and uh, Levi Wallace, you know, talking about Jackson, who filled in really, really nice uh, in – Against Tampa Bay played super well and then you know Levi Wallace has been unspectacular uh, and often uh, an issue but still as as a third or fourth cornerback on this team uh, which is what he is when Akella Witherspoon is healthy uh, it is not as bad as it looks so uh, the depth in the secondary is very good the Steelers do need to think about addressing the top end of their cornerback room in this offseason maybe even before the trade deadline a guy like Sidney Jones potentially available from the Seahawks who have found something in uh, Tariq Woolen their uh, rookie cornerback uh, six foot four uh, 205 pounds uh, runs a sub four 440 just uh, an amazing player and Sidney Jones kind of the odd man out there in Seattle and uh could become available for the right price, and the Steelers should take a look at that. Um, that could be a big boost to their secondary moving forward, especially if they think that they can win football games later on this year. So um, definitely something that has been a surprise, the defensive depth in the secondary. They've held their own in uh, weeks where the Steelers have uh, been missing several key players outside of the Buffalo Bills game where they got torched. Everybody got torched against Buffalo Buffalo's torching everybody in the league, so uh, not to not a, a th- something that you can just sit and be like, well, you know, what was that game, an, an outlier. It has been pretty solid for the Steelers' uh, secondary depth uh, in the, the parts of the season where they have been asked to do more than just come in for a play or two here and there. That leads me to the number one biggest surprise so far, of this season, and it has to be the offensive line. The offensive line, outside of some mental mistakes and, and penalties, uh, looking at you, Kevin Dotson, Dan Moore Jr., <laughs> those two guys often are the butt of a lot of Steelers fans' jokes uh, along the offensive line, but to be fair, they are playing like a a um, cohesive unit, um, a, a unit that that pass blocks very well keeping Kenny Pickett clean for the most part um, not being a liability there uh, Kenny Pickett had plenty of time to work against Miami Dolphins um, and he had plenty of time to work uh, when he was in the game of versus Tampa outside of the one or two plays where he got or the one play where he got hit and knocked out of the game obviously and then I th- believe there was another sack in that game as well but for what we saw in the preseason and for what we were expecting, this offensive line to be, man, a surprise indeed, easily the top surprise. They've gotten better run blocking uh, the last couple weeks as well. Najee Harris starting to look a little healthier, I think, as well. Um, he's not an explosive back. He's not going to go out there and, and you know, crank off these uh, Brees Hall-like 60- and 70-yard runs. But what he can do if given – some kind of rushing lanes is absolutely um you know crank out 8 yards here 15 yards here 6 yards here and and get some chunks in in that regard and so we saw that a little bit against Miami. It was the, probably the best the offensive line and the and the running game has looked this season. The Sealers should really look at at riding that a little bit more with their rookie quarterback who has had some struggles protecting the football. Um, but yeah, the offensive line has been a surprise. Um, mason cole and uh james daniels and chooks Sakorafor really don't have too much to complain about with those three guys um maybe Chuk's in the run game a little bit but as far as pass pro goes those guys are holding down the fort and uh danmore jr as well playing pretty good football and pass protection uh kevin dodson has has kind of turned into the weak link of this offensive line and you wouldn't have expected that going into the season high expectations for him uh if anybody on the offensive line but so he's been a little bit of a disappointment but as a unit where we thought they were what we thought they'd be nowhere near the liability we thought they'd be so that is a huge plus for this season there you have it my three biggest surprises so far this season miles jack and devin bush playing well together, the defensive depth in the secondary showing out and showing up in key situations, giving the team a chance to win, and then the offensive line playing way above expectations going into the season. Uh, it's It hasn't been like world-beating domination out of the offensive line like we talked about, but still, from where we thought they were, a much better situation for the Steelers and something to build off of moving forward. All right, before I let you go to the second half of the show to to break first and then the second half with uh andrew wilbar and his disappointments through the first seven weeks of the season i wanted to give you a quick bad bet segment we're not going to put timers up or anything like that this time but uh, i've got some bad bets for you uh for the upcoming fantasy football week and that is michael carter james robinson uh that's a bad bet for me. Uh, I'm not even looking at either one of those guys in the first week that Robinson is going to be there. Um, they'll take away each other probably uh, to start, you know, and, and getting him getting Robinson to uh, become a piece of this, of this offense will take some time. So if you have Michael Carter, and you feel like you just have to start him because of uh, bye week issues or whatnot, you could do a little bit worse, but I would uh, temper expectations against a Patriots defense who has uh, done a pretty good job of, of shutting down opposing run games, except for uh, Chicago on uh, Monday night who kind of ran roughshod, but that's Chicago's game. Uh, the jets um, are, are going to miss Brees Hall this coming week. So Michael Carter and, uh, and James Robinson are a bad bet for me this week. Uh, More bad bets are the Steelers uh, fantasy producers against an Eagles defense that is one of the best in the league in Philadelphia. It's going to be tough for any of these guys to really put on weak winning type performances, even uh, weak assisting type performances, if you want to say that. Um, The wide receiver Crew is a mess. You can't really tell who's going to have the game. Um, Deontay Johnson is almost unplayable. Chase Claypool is far too up and down. George Pickens uh, gives you probably the best shot each week of having a usable game, but still, it's not something trustworthy. So, um, Najee Harris on the ground against a really good um, front seven in Philadelphia. I don't like that either. This offensive line could get overwhelmed very easily. I do not like any of the Steelers fantasy players this week, Um, and that extends now to the NFC North and another uh, stalwart team, uh, typically, and that's the Packers going to Buffalo to play that defense, that team, and what the Packers struggles, man. I'm not starting anybody on this Packers team outside of maybe Aaron Jones. He's the only guy that gets weekly consideration for me um, from for, for, for pa- fantasy purposes. So, uh, you know, outside of Aaron Jones and some expectations should be tempered for him as well. Um, you know, not a, a, a good situation. That is bad bets all the way. The Steelers fantasy producers all of them basically and the Packers fantasy producers all of them except for Aaron Jones steer clear if you can of these northern football teams in the AFC and NFC uh, against their opponents in week eight all righty Pittsburgh Steeler fans uh, that's going to do it for me I'm going to toss it over to Andrew for the second half of the show stick around Andrew Wilbar will be back with you in just a minute but that's going to do it for me Jeremy bets out. Another day through coming out with it and making something new. While I'm awake, like a bird in the night, waiting for the sun. As fast as they can, they're away in
1: cars. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to the second half of the Steelers fix my name is Andrew Wilbar you're gonna have to excuse me today I'm a bit under the weather uh, don't have a much of a voice actually travel back to Michigan for the weekend and uh, the as beautiful as it is this time of year the mold allergies can be pretty high uh, with all the wet leaves and everything like that so uh, struggling a little bit here today but happy to be with you here for the second half of the show in the beginning of the show, if you haven't uh, checked out, make sure you go and listen to the first half. Jeremy discussed uh, the biggest surprises of the first seven weeks of the Steelers' season. Well, today, I'm going to be talking to you about the biggest disappointments of the first seven weeks. And there's a lot of different directions we could go. I'm going to keep it very brief. am going to keep it short, and then we'll get out of here. But first, got to get to the draft two-minute drill. and You don't even need to put two minutes on the clock today because th- I'm not going to talk to you about very many players. I'm actually... I'm really only going to focus in on one, and that is Alex Forsyth, the center for the University of Oregon. They had a phenomenal game this past uh, Saturday against UCLA, coming away with a huge win in the Pac-12. The biggest thing for Forsyth is his balance, his ability to both run block and pass block at a high level when he is at his best. He can dominate. And, you know, he has, I believe it was uh, Tony Pauline that mentioned something this week about uh, a funky body type that NFL teams are not going to appreciate. There are some concerns. He's had some past injuries as well. But as a guy who did excellent job um, being the leader of that offensive line on Saturday, Bo Nix ended up throwing for five touchdowns. Which, by the way, let's not forget about Bo Nix uh, as a, uh, you know, maybe even a late round flyer, a guy just to keep an eye on, a guy who had talent, but just never lived up to it with Gus Malzahn at Auburn. But I definitely keep an eye on Alex Forsyth. The Steelers need help on the interior of the offensive line. I'm not trying to point out Forsyth above any of the other guys who performed well over the past couple weeks. But he's a guy who deserves some recognition this past week. I mentioned him in a guy to watch in the article that came out this past Saturday on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So just keep an eye on Forsyth as things move forward. Um, A guy who could be wearing black and gold in the near future. All right, it's time to get into the topic of this segment and it is talking about the biggest disappointments of the season so far for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to start off at number three. Now, there were some directions I thought about going. I thought about the cornerback play because it has been very bad, specifically Levi Wallace. But I don't know if you can necessarily say that that was a huge surprise. We knew that corner was a position that was suspect. A lot of people tried to you know, make us believe that the Steelers did not need an elite corner on this roster to or a number one corner on this roster to be an excellent secondary. But I am afraid that that is not panning out to be the truth. Uh, Both corners have had their times of struggle. They've had their times of injury as well. The Steelers need to address corner early on in the draft. They've got to learn to develop their own talent. I think part of it is scheme, but I think part of it's also development. Um, Steelers just need to do a better job overall at the cornerback position. that starts with Mike Tomlin. Honestly, it ends there as well. Scheme is really up to him. The Steelers are not playing near as much man as what Terrell Austin was accustomed to in his previous stops. He did a good job of mixing things up in his previous stops. But I have the feeling the fact that the coordinators on both sides of the ball are struggling in certain aspects of the game. It is primarily because of Mike Tomlin and the philosophy that he is trying to exude and spread throughout uh, the team. I'm afraid that is the biggest issue overall, and the Steelers' defense did a pretty good job last night. They made some key stops. I'm not trying to down the defense overall, but the corners, again, we're not just talking about last night. We're talking about over the first seven weeks of the season, and if you're going by the full body of work so far, the corners have not played that well, and I think it's uh, only fair that we mention that, but they're not one of the top three. The third thing is the inefficiency of Deontay Johnson, and some may consider it a surprise, some may not, but Shannon White and I were one of the only one one of the only couple that were saying the Steelers should not try to bring back Deontay Johnson. Trade him well as stock is high, trade him well. The receiver market is booming. Well, Deontay Johnson, I appreciate Jeffrey Benedict looking up these stats. I'm gonna use a tweet that he put out. Um, excellent tweet. Um <coughs> Deontay Johnson is not only the worst on the Steelers in catch rate, 56.7%. Yards per target, which is only five yards per target, and yards after the catch uh per reception is one point three. Seven point five percent percent seven point five percent of the targets uh that Deontay Johnson has gotten, they've ended in interceptions. That is incredible. Yet he is number one in targets on the Steelers by a lot. And this is Deontay Johnson has never been super efficient and people were trying to, you know, give him a pass for last year. Cause Oh, it was Ben Roethlisberger's fault because of all the check down passes. Now that the Steelers have, are going to have more of a middle of going to be able to push the ball a little bit more down the field that will open things up for Deontay underneath. He can create more after the catch. He's still not creating more after the catch. Part of that can be blamed on the scheme. Part of that can be blamed on the lack of a running game, which by the way, I'll just give you a hint. Those are the top two things on this list of the biggest disappointments so far. I have a feeling That the fact that nothing has changed, no matter who's been the quarterback, some of the blame does have to be put on Deontay Johnson for the fact he's just not that good of a receiver overall. He's not a number one receiver and Steelers fans need to realize that he is not and wasn't if the Steelers have an opportunity to move him, they should move him. I think they should move him before Chase Claypool. A lot of people aren't going to like that, but Deontay Johnson is not productive with the targets he gets and it's not changed with a, a new quarterback. I don't see it changing in any time in the future. So it's one guy um, that is disappointed uh, Steeler Nation so far this year. Um, another thing that is disappointed Steeler Nation has been the lack of a running game. We were expecting the Steelers to be able to pound the football. We weren't sure about how the passing game was going to work out, but we thought with Najee Harris, and an offensive line that was predicated during the offseason on being able to run the football better, it hasn't worked out. It has not been pretty, and the Steelers just the resemblance of a run game, it, it has been absent. I And what do you do at this point? Najee Harris is, seems to be getting a little bit better, a little bit healthier, uh. but the offensive line is not improving in terms of run blocking. We've seen some improvements in the pass blocking department, but what do you do at this point? The Steelers just don't have any additional personnel they're going to be able to add and make this unit better as a whole. It is what it is at this point. Najee Harris, uh, I guess the only time will tell as to whether he's fully healthy right now or he's not. Uh, but what do you do about this run game? It's not what it was pegged out to be. And I know a passing game will help, but the Steelers were not able to establish themselves running the ball early in the season. They, there have been times where they've gotten away from it completely. There have been other times they've tried to run it and it just hasn't worked out. The Steelers need to be able to run the football. If they want to have success the rest of the season on offense, And I don't see it happening at this point. Um, And I feel bad being the guy who's, you know, the giving all the doom, You know, In the second half, this is just how we decided to split it up this week. But these are just realizations, things the Steelers just need to realize. And then for the few of you who are still defending Matt Canada, I don't know what to say because he is the number one thing that I believe uh, needs to be talked about with this offense and its inefficiency. All three Steelers quarterbacks, going back to last year, Ben Roethlisberger, Mitchell Trubisky, and Kenny Pickett, the three main quarterbacks that have played significant time for the Steelers. They've struggled. The offense has not really changed a whole lot. We see jet sweeps occasionally. Nothing super exciting. The scheme doesn't make sense. You have, I mean, just the, you have the the way some of the routes are designed. I don't know whether the option routes and the receivers run the wrong routes or what, but some of the play designs when you have um, two receivers on the strong side, the slot receiver is a lot of times they're just running like an, a reverse curl route coming back. Then you have the outside the X receiver running. I don't know if it's an option route, but a lot of times you either have him run the deep fade out to the right or going straight with a slight cut, very slight cut, going deep toward the center of the field. Um, the, there's not a whole lot changing from that concept. You, I'm we're seeing the same routes being run over and over. There's not a whole lot of variety, and that was what I thought we were supposed to be getting when we got Matt Canada. As our offensive coordinator. And we, I mean, this has become a weekly thing. We're mentioning this every week. And I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but Matt Kanda has to be fired. It's the bye week. I know the Steelers aren't going to do this. Okay. Let's not kid ourselves. The Steelers do not like to admit when they were wrong. Mike Tomlin does not like to admit when he was wrong. And hiring somebody, he's going to give him every opportunity to succeed. And I believe that time has already passed. But regardless, Matt Canda is going to be the Steelers' offense core more than likely through the rest of the season. It's only going to get uglier because the Steelers aren't going to get any better on paper. Uh, maybe we see a little bit of development from Kenny Pickett, but unless the scheme changes, we're not going to see any dramatic fixes on this offense. The only good that could come out of that is that the Steelers are picking high in the draft and may bring the Steelers to a point of where, hey, we need to just clean house. I Maybe not necessarily clean house. I, I don't think Mike Tomlin's going anywhere. But in terms of the coordinators, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, I think the defense will be fine in time. The offense needs to be just revamped completely. And Mike Tomlin needs to get help from other people inside that the Steelers' facilities on who to hire for offensive coordinators and letting them have full reign. How much is Mike Tomlin determining what type of philosophies run? He may not be calling plays, but how conservative is he trying to have the offense run? He may be the one determining that. So those are all things to focus on as it pertains to the Steelers' struggles on offense. I all three of those things had to do with the offense, and obviously. That's what's been the big problem with the Steelers so far. Even without TJ Watt, the Steelers are managing on defense. The offense just isn't cutting it, and I don't think they're going to anytime soon. The Steelers need to make changes. What changes will they make? How about you tell me in the comment section? um, Go out, reach out to us on Twitter. Jeremy, follow us, by the way, at the bets 93 for Jeremy at Andrew underscore Wilbar for me. Reach out to us on Twitter and let us know your thoughts. We'll mention you on the show next week. Um, on what you think is the biggest issues with the Steelers, how they can be fixed, what changes you think will be made between now and the offseason. We'd love to hear from you. That's going to do it all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Be back. We will be back next week, hopefully together, um, but uh, hopefully a little bit better health. But thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out all Behind the Steel Curtains podcasts. There's something for everybody. So be sure to check us out each and every day coming at you wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next week, my name is Andrew Wilbar. That was Jeremy Betts in the first half. Looking forward to coming at you again next week. Go Steelers. We'll see you next week.